It's time for the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. On this edition of Josh Kirby on Sports, my conversation with a very special guest coming up next, so stay tuned. Indeed, I'm glad you connected. This is Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards. You have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man, Josh Kirby, on Sports Podcast. Oh, yes, indeed. Another episode of my great podcast. Yes, indeed. I am the host, Josh Kirby, and the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Part of the Mayo Please Podcast Network is... uh, Brought to you by Route 11 Chips. Make sure you find them in stores, Martins, Food Lion, and Giant. And big thanks out to JR Beats Official and Dave Johnson, as always. Let's get started. We have a very special guest in studio today. Um, uh, One of my good friends and avid sports junkie, in my opinion, and um, uh, pretty good um, high school coach for my alma mater, Sharando High School, for their softball team, Clarence Smith. Uh, Clarence, great to have you on the show. How are we doing today? I'm good, Josh. I'm good. Good, good sir. So um, uh, quick rundown here. Um, ha- ha- how'd your season end up um, this past year? Uh, we, we had a pretty memorable season in the sense of a lot of team goals, uh, a lot of individual accomplishments. Um, I, I think we set a school record for most home runs by a team. Uh, we had um, uh, three different girls hit five home runs on the season. Um, another one at four. Uh, we were just hitting long balls left and right. So uh, that was that was a lot of fun to coach and, and to witness. Um, but ultimately, uh, we came up one game short. Uh, we fell uh, to Falk year uh, with an opportunity to go on to the district championship and secure a bid to regional play. But um, you know, that's, we'll get right back at them and be ready for next season. Yeah, uh, always great to see um, with, with you and a young team build, building something great. And yeah, a lot of players this year on your squad were really young, and yet you made the best of what you could, and um, they played pretty good. Um, your record was, um, if I'm correct, um, I'm sorry. It escaped my mind. Was it, you had over ten wins, correct? Yeah, yeah. We finished up thirteen and eight. Thirteen and eight, not bad. And um, m- moving to the other side real quick. Um, uh, what what do you think of uh Warrior Baseball with their um thirteen fifteen and two record, if I'm correct, with only two losses, one in the regular season and one in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? As, speaking of making corrections. I actually think we were 13 and nine, but um, nonetheless, uh, you know, it, it's always uh, uh, fun to, to try to follow the baseball team. Uh, we often play opposite of each other, so I very rarely get to see them play. Um, it's nice to have a couple of those students in class, too, so I can kind of keep tabs on them a little bit better. But, uh, you know, they're headed up by a couple of legendary coaches and uh, Coach Martin and Coach Bodenshot. So uh, those, those uh, two coaches and, and their staff seem to have those kids ready to play every year. 
you know, season in and season out. So it's uh it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. So um yeah, and another great thing about uh softball in this area is the great rivalry you formed between um the school across town, James Wood. Um Tell us a little bit about how that rivalry sort of grew over the years into a fan favorite that's highly attended in such a close game. Well, I think it's born of familiarity. I think that the rivalry comes from these girls in the area having grown up and playing on the same, whether it's rec league teams or travel teams or what have you. And then once they split and they go on either to where uh, you know, the blue and gold over there at James Wood or the red and black here at Sarando, um, you know, they, they understand what's at stake. They understand that it's about bragging rights. They understand that it's about, um, you know, making their mark in this, uh, in this uh, rivalry that has now kind of grown um, uh, pretty, pretty large uh, over the last uh, few years uh, and witnessed some really close games that, um, I mean, it, they make a, a fan out of most softball, or excuse me, they make a fan um, out of for softball, for fast pitch, excuse me, for anyone who uh, has the opportunity to come and see them. I mean, we see grand slams. Uh, we were victimized this year. Uh, we had a big grand slam a couple of years ago. Uh, we had a walk-off home run in our first meeting this year. Um, we see, like, amazing pitching feats. We see defensive gems. Um, I mean, it really has a little bit of everything. So, uh, I think that that's why it's kind of grown and, you know, word of mouth and, you know, next thing you know, uh, the, the stands are typically full and crowds are raucous. So it's it's nice. It's fun. Yeah. So um, do you, uh, what's your preparation like for um, coaching um, coming into the school year? What's your prefer- preparation like getting ready for a season? Well, it's, you know, uh, the high school season presents a challenge because you have 20 games and on the schedule, um, you know, they're, they're typically spaced out pretty well as um, the athletic director, Mr. Barb does a great job of, you know, setting our schedules up. But of course, mother nature always wreaks havoc on, on our schedule. And sometimes we'll run into situations where we're playing, you know, four games in three nights or six and, and, you know, eight days, this kind of thing. So it actually prevents us from being able to do some of the things that we would normally like to schedule in practice. So uh, typically we really work hard at conditioning in the, off season and then the preseason, and then once the season begins, we really try to, um, you know, refine some skills here and and work on body maintenance, um, so that ultimately we're trying to peak toward the end of the season. Uh, so that's the that's the objective. Yeah. So um, g- great stuff. Continuing. Um, how many years is this for you now, Coach? Um, I just finished up year fourteen and year. Oh, Josh, I think it's seven as the head coach uh is that right eight as the head coach i think geez and i i was with you for like two or three of those years and what what a great time that was yeah i mean the the sport i think is uh i mean it's it's evident that it's growing here in the area we've seen a couple of travel organizations come in including uh the swarm um uh, shout out to eddie jeffries there and uh, his organization uh and uh you know they're not able to establish a foothold in the area if the game wasn't popular enough to get kids to join up. So uh, um, you have uh, folks like the Reinhardts who continue to make rec ball in Frederick County uh, um, a very important and integral part of our player development. And um, because of this, you know, it's, we're seeing the talent levels increase. Um, It also uh, is reflective of what the game is doing nationally. Um, You know, UCLA just uh, capped off, 
a pretty amazing 2019 Women's College World Series tournament. And, um, you know, the ratings consistently have now made Women's College uh, uh, World Series games the third uh, most watched amateur games behind, of course, the NCAA football college playoff and then March Madness. So if you think about that and you think about the popularity, that's more popular than baseball, more popular than women's basketball, you know, soccer, lacrosse, any other amateur sport. And, and um, you know, softball is in third place with that right now. So I think that we're only going to see the sport continue to grow. And um, so it should be fun. It should continue to be fun. Yeah, so g- great stuff from that. Um, it, thanks for giving your insight on coaching a little bit. So moving on now to national sports-wise, I want to uh, start off you know, um, with your favorite teams, and you are an Ohio State Buckeyes fan, and Dwayne Haskins oh, gets picked up by the Redskins. So um, I want to get your thoughts on how you think the Redskins are going to do this season with Dwayne Haskins potentially under center. Now, understand that you're right. I, I'm a big Ohio State fan. Um, so, uh, you know, this, this match was made in heaven as far as I'm concerned. But um, I do think that, uh, you know, my bias aside, it, it is, um, it, it's a great acquisition for the Redskins. Uh, leading up into that and listening to what all the pundits are talking about, there was plenty, plenty of speculation that the Redskins were going to try to trade up into that draft to grab Haskins. Um, ultimately, they stayed right at 15, and Haskins fell to them. And, again, my bias aside, uh, you can make an argument that he's the best best passer in football. Um, now, you know, obviously the Cardinals have something to say about their guy, but, you know, you're talking ultimately about Haskins, who threw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns in the season. You know, so as that game translates into the NFL, um, you know, he's one of those big, sturdy guys. I, you know, I've heard um, people liken him to Ben Roethlisberger. Um, I don't know. Whatever way you look at it, you're, you're talking to a guy who had one of the most prolific seasons in college football history and yet is being overshadowed by the Cardinals rookie, um, who incidentally only had one year starting as well. But um, nonetheless, I, I'm, I'm just super excited that Haskins is going to be wearing the burgundy and gold hopefully for the next decade or so. Very tough five, six games for the Redskins this season. Um, it, it's, it, it feels like to me it might be a bumpy start, but um, your thoughts, there are like three out of the five games in the division um, to start the season. Yeah, you know, what I've come to learn is that you can't really count on wins or losses from these teams, you can kind of speculate and it's always fun to try to guess at, you know, what things are going to do. But of course, injuries play a part in this and simply teams underachieve and other teams overachieve. So uh, I, I like to just kind of focus on the Redskins and, and, you know, try to use my amateur eye to determine whether or not, you know, they're good enough. And obviously we'll get an opportunity to watch a little bit in preseason heading into this, but just based off of what we had last year and what we're bringing into this year, um, the defense has an opportunity to be, you know, one of the top tier defenses in the entire league, but there are some obvious holes on offense. Um, you let James, uh, Jameson Crowder go, you know, so he was our most productive wide receiver. So now you're looking to try to replace him. And of course you're hoping like Jordan Reed's going to be healthy, but, uh, that might be a fool's endeavor to kind of count on that. So we're going to be looking up, uh, you know, for some guys to step up, including Dwayne Haskins, college teammate. And look to see, uh, Terry McLaurin, uh, have plenty of opportunities early on here. So, you know, again, looking at the Redskins and their prospects, you'd like to say that if our defense can do what it, uh, you know, could potentially do as, as it's written on paper, then uh, we should be able to be in most games. I like our running back situation with 
AP coming back and, and Darius Guy's going to be healthy this year. Um, Bryce Love could be a, a sneaky little uh, pick uh, as he gets healthy over the course of the season. And Chris Thompson, of course, is uh, dynamic back in himself. But um, ultimately, from time to time, we're going to have to move the ball through the air. And um, it'll be interesting to see if Haskins gets that call from uh, week one or if it's going to be a little further in the season. I think ultimately, if this team, you know, if, if, uh, if this team is going to be successful, um, it means that, you know, Case Keenum is going to have to really push Dwayne Haskins. And then ultimately, if Dwayne Haskins gets the call, it means that he was that much better than uh, Case Keenum. So we'll see. Yeah, um, as a Redskins fan, um, I've come to learn just don't get your hopes up. Um, I'd love to see the Redskins do well, but, you know, um, the over the past couple of years are heartbreaking disappointment um, watching the Redskins um, try to make it to the playoffs and falling that much short. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I do like the pick with Haskins. I'm glad the Redskins didn't trade up to get him, but um, it's going to be really, really interesting to see. And I know you're going to be tuned in since you're a huge Buckeyes fan. Well, you gotta, you know, you gotta keep hope because, you know, this is the same team that started off six and three, and now, of course, Alex Smith gets hurt. So there's a change under center, and as I mentioned, Jameson Crowder goes. But um, our offensive line uh, should be healthy going into this year. Um, there's been a lot of Trent Williams scruffle in the in the news, but I think um, you know silence is probably a good indicator that hopefully the Redskins are going to get something worked out with them. So if you get him back in that offensive line healthy, um, you know that six and three team. Are we more like the six and three team, or more like the you know, the back end of the last seven games of the season. So um, I'd like to think that we're closer to that six and three team and that we'll never have to see a Josh Johnson or a Mark Sanchez starting under center for us again. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm quietly holding out hope. I think that this team is uh, potentially sneaky good. And I know that the Cowboys are champions on paper every year and the Eagles are a couple of years from the Super Bowl. But um, I don't know that those teams are far and away better than the Redskins. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, any other NFL teams, in your opinion, you're um, looking at to have a make-or-break season or looking to do well? Um, any predictions, bowl predictions as a whole for this season? No, I mean, I really try to just focus on my Redskins. Um, I'm, I'm, I have a pretty decent understanding of what, uh, you know, some of these players can do just because I, I, I do enjoy playing fantasy football. Uh, Patrick Mahomes won me a couple of fantasy championships last year. So, you know, I'll, I'll certainly be keeping an eye on him this year. But as far as the team dynamic, I'm I'm true blue Redskins fan. So um, that's that's where my focus is. Yeah. So um, moving right along here from the NFL, the NBA draft um, took place um, a couple nights ago. And of course, Zion Williamson goes number one overall to the Pelicans. And um, coach, in your opinion, um, uh, I'm sure Zion Williamson, along with um, the trade moves that brought Anthony Davis to the Lakers for some of the young Lakers guys, is Zion going to help the Pelicans out in the long run after Anthony Davis left? I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch because Ultimately, you're talking about Anthony Davis as being probably a top five player in the league. So I think that anytime you're subtracting a top five, I think inarguably a top 10 player in the league, you're subtracting him and you're thinking that you're going to get all of that production in a rookie. I think it might be a little far-fetched, but, you know, Zion Williams, uh, uh, he seems to be special. So, you know, we'll watch and see. Meanwhile, I'll continue to focus on my Wizards and, uh, and our long road back to, to uh, respectability. 
Yeah, so um, the Wizards actually picked up Roy Hachimura. I, I'm so sorry if I botched that, but the first really yeah. um, Japan-born athlete to get drafted in the first round of the NBA draft. Um, what what are you looking for from him? You know, uh, Josh, we got to get young. I mean, we got to get uh, uh, youth in there infused as well as, um, you know, some players that are going to kind of set a standard. And, um, you know, we're in a big transition phase and we put a lot of eggs in the basket of John Wall and he has a couple of uh, really unfortunate uh, injuries that have certainly curtailed his career and, and hopefully he can make, a, uh, you know, a speedy and full recovery. But it has also had major ramifications on the Wizards. Um, we've watched them have to trade away a couple of their young pieces and Kelly Oubre and Otto Porter over uh, this past season, trying to trying to infuse the team with alternatives while also trying to get back under that salary cap while staring down at the end of Bradley Beal's contract as he potentially could have been um, offered a Supermax contract at the end of this year. He ended up not making that All-NBA team, so the Supermax goes away, but the, now there is news that they're going to actually extend a contract to him rather than trade him for young pieces. So at the end of the day, to answer your question, we need some talent here to to give this uh, this club a little bit of direction. Um, hopefully, we can build around Bradley Beal. As I'm a big fan, um, so uh, Rui Hachimura, you know, you you look at how decorated he was uh, uh, with his time at Gonzaga. Was uh, voted the best small forward in the in the nation, and uh, along with many other accolades. And I think that you know you have an opportunity maybe to start building some foundational blocks that can be around here for a while. Yeah, so um, n- not really anything else that's too notable out of the um, NBA draft beca- besides Zion and Jay Moran and, um, of course, Roy. Uh, Roy I can't even say Rui. his name right. Really? Yeah. Thank you. But, um, yeah, um, uh, other than that, not really that many notable um, pieces, but the Raptors winning the uh, – NBA Finals. I wanted to get your thoughts on that over um, Golden State uh, with their injuries. Obviously, in my opinion, I think injuries won the Raptors the game, but I, I wanted to get your take on that as well. I mean, I, it's it's hard to say that injuries won them the game. I mean, you know, every team has to go through ups and downs. I'm, you know, I'm watching the Wizards right now as we just talked about John Wall and his injuries. Um, you know, I, at the end of the day, like Kawhi Leonard, I, you know, he was He's a man amongst boys in a lot of these cases. And um, sure, Kevin Durant got hurt. Yeah. And uh, Clay Thompson in the final, you know, minute of the the final game. So can't really count that as an injury in the long, you know, in the grand scheme of that that series. But you're still looking at probably a first ballot Hall of Fame, not probably, uh, undoubtedly a first uh, ballot Hall of Famer in Steph Curry, two-time MVP. You have Iguodala there. You have Boogie Cousins. You know, it's not like suddenly – you know, you're looking at, um, you know, a team led by Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard goes down. Now you're in trouble with just, you know, um, uh, Kyle Lowry left. I mean, Golden State was star-studded. And, and at the end of the day, I think that the Raptors had a game plan and they executed. Um, it seemed like uh, the Raptors could get to the basket anytime they wanted to. So Golden State's defense certainly struggled. And then if, uh, you know, Seth Curry wasn't and Clay Thompson weren't hitting some of those long three-pointers that we've gotten accustomed to them seeing, it looked like the uh, Warriors offense had trouble getting things started. Yeah, so um, a- NBA talk there for you. And m- moving right along, um, 
Now, I, I'm not sure where you are um, baseball-wise. I know you're sort of disappointed in the Orioles, but one, one thing to look at, they just um, signed um, their newly prospect catcher, Adley Rutschman, if I say that correctly. A lot of weird names on this podcast, but he just got <laughs> signed as a catcher. Um uh, another piece to add to the puzzle for the Orioles? Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah, Adley Rutschman, um, you know, like this guy, again, uh, we were just talking about uh, Rui uh, a minute ago and all the accolades that he brought along with them. Uh, Adley, uh, coming out of that Oregon State program, uh, won the College World Series last year, um, had an, uh, an even better season uh, individually this year before getting knocked out um, of the uh, of the quarterfinals, I believe it was. Um, you know, this is a guy who uh, can do a little bit of everything. Uh, he, he's got an above-average arm, above-average glove behind the plate. He hits for average. Uh, he's showing power now. Um, he's set a bunch of World Series, uh, College World Series records, like most hits in the series and um, some other things that he did there. So, I mean, this is a guy who is certainly accustomed to success. Um, you know, the catcher's position is, is always tough to find. Uh, those premier prospects, you know, when you take a look at the Major League Baseball, um, you know, you have maybe three that are sitting on top with probably Real Muto as being the best this year. And um, anytime you can get a plus defender who can also swing the bat from behind the plate, like just really gives you a lot of depth in the in the lineup. But, you know, he's a far way away from playing. Um, this is 2019 season, you know, maybe 2021. Um, by then, hopefully some of these other draft picks will have panned out. They seem to do pretty well with uh, the trades that they were forced into last year, um, thanks to some short-sightedness from the from the uh, front office, I had to move guys like Manny Machado and Jonathan Scope, two of my all-time favorites. Uh, had to let Adam Jones go; didn't get anything for him. But you know, letting some of these guys, Kevin Gossman and Darren O'Day and Zach Britton, to the Yankees, seeing all these guys that were integral parts of a very winning franchise, I do believe the uh, most wins in Major League Baseball from 2012 to 2016. And then to watch them bottom out with 115 losses last year and on record or on pace for even more losses this year is pretty tough to, to swallow as a, an Orioles fan. Um, but some of these trades, as I mentioned, seem to have some guys uh, who are having some pretty good seasons in minor leagues. So hopefully they can continue to develop and maybe won't have to go through 14 years of, you know, misery again, like um, the, the last uh, uh, break basically in between playoff appearances. Yeah, and uh, more MLB news here. Uh, Max Scherzer, a couple, I I want to say less than a week ago, breaks his nose on a bunt, and that's not stopping him. He starts the very next day with a black eye and a broken nose and pitches a pretty darn good game. I, I'm not sure if you watched that, but that's something I had to put out there. That's a pitcher I can get behind, Max Scherzer. Well, you know, it's funny. You have these guys. Uh, we mentioned Steph Curry earlier, and, you know, you can put certainly LeBron James and Kevin Durant. And, and, and you know, Max Scherzer goes in that pantheon of, you know, the the, the top echelon of players in their respective sport. Um, I mean, the guy is just he's, – he's all-time good. You know, you're, he's passing seemingly Hall of Famers on the all-time strikeout list, um, you know, with each start. I think that he's somewhere like 13th now on the all-time uh, strikeouts list, which is – just remarkable. And I think that, you know, when you're watching the team dynamic, it's easy to kind of, you know, forget that Max Scherzer is as good as he is. It's sort of like watching Major League Baseball um, and then seeing the standings and watching the Angels 
you know, struggle with, you know, a few games under 500. And meanwhile, they have arguably the best center fielder player, player period of all time. Um, you know, when you compare his like seasons um, to uh, Hall of Famers, Mike Trout at that same age is by far and away like the best player ever. So the point behind that is, you know, when you're watching the Nationals and you're like, come on, when's this playoff push going to come? The three games out of the wild card right now, it's it's hard to, you know, to remember, hey, I need to sit down and, and watch this guy work because I may not see another pitcher like him in, in Washington for decades, you know, if ever. So um, I think it's important for us to keep an eye on that. I, I did hear some rumblings that the Yankees were going to do whatever was necessary to, to get uh, – uh, Scherzer to end his career uh, and pinstripes. Um, I hope it doesn't happen. I hope that the Nats can, you know, kind of oh, right the ship. Yeah. They've been playing really well of late. Hopefully they can continue that and get in the playoffs and then it's anyone's game. I could not imagine Max Scherzer in a Yankees jersey for crying out <laughs> loud. I love him in a Nationals jersey and I hope it stays that way if the Nationals can make that playoff push. Um, News I just heard today, the Nationals are calling up Fernando Rodney to help the Nationals bullpen out after releasing Trevor Rosenthal. And wow, Fernando Rodney gets another shot. Um, In your opinion, do you think he will do pretty good with um, his crooked hat and his um, bow and arrow up in the air after every win? After every save. Yeah, save. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully for the, for the you know, for the national sake. But, um, you know, I think there was a, probably a reason that the guy was out of baseball. Uh, and you and I were talking earlier. You said he's 42? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's, that's um, you know, that might, be, that might be some wishful thinking at best to think that a 42-year-old who was just out of baseball can come in and, and right the ship uh, as far as the Nets bullpen is concerned. I think um, more than likely you're going to have to see them dip into the trade market um, before the July 31st trade deadline and see if they can't pull a guy or two uh, into that bullpen to be able to help them. Yeah. I mean the bullpen, they, they, they've been having ups and downs and injuries all around. Robles just went down the other night due to dehydration. And yeah, I, I mean, they've been playing better than they were towards the beginning of the season. I just hope they can keep it up and, make that push for the playoffs yeah i mean it's 162 games so it's not a sprint it's a marathon and you know during the course of the season most teams have you know ups and downs and their ebbs and flows and uh, I, hopefully we saw the low part of the nats you know early in the season when you know i think they had something like nine guys on the on the injured list at one point or something like that um, yeah so, like, something like that i couldn't even count yeah. yeah yeah it seems like they've got uh something working right now in the recipes uh, they're one of the hottest teams in baseball, and you know we're not even to the All Star break yet, and you're three games out of a playoff spot. You got to like your chances. And what's more, they're playing in an NL East that isn't, you know, dominant. You know, doesn't have those front runners like you know my Orioles in the AL East with the Yankees and Red Sox. You know where you know those the Orioles season is over. You know at the end of May. You know because those two teams are are so dominant in their division. Um, the NL East, uh, you know, it's being led right now by the Braves. And uh, I, I think that they're, uh, the Nats are eight games back. So, you know, with half of a season left to play, we'll see. We'll see. 
Yep. So, um, a lot of great sports talk, but that's all the time we have, um, on this edition of the Josh Kirby on sports podcast today. Um, Clarence, thanks so much for joining us once again. Um, any last words for our fans out there? Uh, Josh, I had a good time, man. I appreciate the, uh, I appreciate the offer and I was glad I was able to make it work out. Uh, as I've always said before, I'm surprised you're not working for ESPN because of how darn good you are at talking sports. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Maybe I should uh, consider my day job, huh? <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you're like a man of many talents. You can teach. You can talk well on sports. You can play some good slow pitch, you know, a whole bunch of everything. You're a man of yeah, many talents. So. And I, I, I'm just glad I got you on just in case you, you're making it somewhere famous to talk about sports. Just remember <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it, man. I'll remember that it all kind of got started here. So thanks again, Josh. Yeah, so uh, you're welcome on anytime. Hope to hear from you again soon. As always, this is the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast, part of the Mayo Please Podcast Network, sponsored by Rat 11 Chips. Make sure you find them in stores, Martin's, Food Lion, and Giant. Thanks once again to Dave Johnson and JR Beats Official for our um, music and intro as well. Make sure you find us on social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we are also on YouTube, Spotify, and Google Play, and SoundCloud on the Mayo Please. Till next time, this is Josh Kirby signing off, and we will catch you on the next edition of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Peace out. <laughs>